Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather uh this week we are diving into week two of our shark month extravaganza and we are watching deep blue sea spoilers Hit that music. Hey, everybody. So here we are for week two of Shark Month. Woo! <laughs> so excited. So if you missed our episode last week, uh, week one of Shark Month, we covered Jaws, the first movie, uh, the original. Mm-hmm. And then we also talked about the top five stupid shark myths. And we dispelled those and talked a little bit about what the ocean means to our planet and why we need to protect sharks, which we are going to continue to do throughout the month. So um, just to let you guys know, we are also partnering this month with Shark Allies, which is a nonprofit organization that focuses on banning uh, finning, shark finning uh, around the world, especially in the United States. And um, we're super excited because we're actually going to have somebody from that organization come on the show this month. And we're working on getting that date finalized there. So that's so exciting. So you guys can check out our Facebook page to find out more about how you can actually donate to help this particular nonprofit try to help make the ocean a better place, help make the world safer for sharks and thereby make the world a better place for us dumbass humans so yep that sounds like a good uh, charity so uh, yeah i'm very excited that we can we can work together with them to try to raise a little bit more money I, I did a single birthday fundraiser for them last year and this year we decided since we were doing shark month that in a, you know other than just talking about ourselves and doing all of this we would actually try to help the sharks as well so yep all right great yeah so this week we're going to talk about deep blue sea yes i'm so excited to talk about this one before we do let's take a very quick break all right Want a chance to support the show? Want to get some awesome rewards and nerdy bitches swag? Then head over to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches. From not your basic bitch to rock star bitch, we have a monthly plan to fit any budget. Your support allows us to really up our game and make sure the show stays awesome without bowing to corporate sponsorship. In addition to providing prizes, giveaways, and convention coverage, we will also donate 20% of all net profits each month to other independent podcasts. This allows us to help grow other indie shows that we believe in. So hit us up at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches and support your favorite bitches today. All right. So now that we're back, we are going to actually sit down and talk about Deep Blue Sea, um, the first movie. And apparently it's a series now. I guess they had Deep Blue Sea 2 come out. And mm. I think I have just read that they actually have a Deep Blue Sea 3 that is going to be coming out. But I think it's probably going to be like a direct to video or maybe even a direct to like Netflix or something. I'm, I'm not 100% on where it's going to be. I did not watch the second 
second movie. I have only seen the first one. So You know, I had heard, I hadn't seen it up until I was assigned to it for the podcast. <laughs> and I heard that it was kind of a stupid movie. And I didn't get that at all. I quite enjoyed it. Well, um, I think, I'll say, okay, so this movie came out in 1999. And that's probably when I saw it for the first time. And I remember it being a pretty good kind of thriller movie. It's a, it's a pretty good thriller movie, all that kind of stuff. I watched it again for the first time probably maybe a year ago. I think one of our castaway friends was covering it for their show. Now I can't remember who it was. Um, but and I was like, you know what? I haven't seen that in forever. And I think it must have been on HBO Go at the time. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. I, I remember liking it. And holy crap, I laughed through that movie so much. Because again, I think when you're seeing it for the first time, it is it is the same and different from Jaws in, in many different ways. But it you know, when you go back and watch it again and again, or if you've seen it a bunch of times, and it, it's, it's kind of got a cult following now. So there are some things in there that you're like, holy crap, that is completely completely ridiculous. And I will be sure to point those things out as we go through and talk about the movie. But I think it is something that, you know, it is a really good movie when you watch it at first. And it's still a good movie. It just gets a little bit more ridiculous every time you watch it. Yeah, I I think that I'm okay with suspension of disbelief on stuff like this, because I know there's not a science group <laughs> uh, in an old offshore platform doing these type of things. So I know that there has to be some ridiculousness to make that feasible in order to make the shark issue happen. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. And I mean, maybe there's some crazy people out there trying to do this kind of thing, but hopefully in a much more scientific and ethical kind of way. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not familiar with the premise of this movie, like Heather said, there is a, a group of... Okay, so the movie starts first off with the same what we see in all of these movies. We saw the same thing with, with Jaws. Right up front, there are teenagers making out in places that they ought not be making out, and somebody's going to probably get attacked by a shark. So that's... That just opens up cold open teenagers making out, though I will say that their kissing was much prettier than the ugly ass kissing that we saw in Jaws. Yes. Not near as soft pitting. <laughs> we had that going for us. And they also had a nice boom box with a little teddy bear sitting on top. And I'm like, I know that on boats, it's windy, even if the boat is not moving, that teddy bear would be long gone. Yeah, you would have to tie it down and you would have to tie the boat down, especially because that's a catamaran that they were on. They're not exactly the most stable of boats at all times. So yeah, it was, I mean, smooth as anything. I mean, there was acting, there was like no waves. No, and I don't know where these 18 year olds got this boat from to begin with. But yeah, yeah. whatever. They're gonna have a tough time explaining to dad that they brought it back with the freaking shark rammed <laughs> uh, sides and bottom. Yes. They're like, so, it was a shark, I swear. Yeah, exactly. So much like the beginning of Jaws, or much, I guess, more actually more accurately, the ending of Jaws, we see that boats in movies are apparently made of cardboard and clearly not meant to bump into things at any given time, regardless what it is. So uh, they do have a shark that comes up and just randomly starts ramming the shit out of their boat. I would say, though, for the most part, boats aren't structurally set up so that they could be rammed from underneath. I'd say in general, that's probably not their clear structural support mechanism. Actually, I think they're, they're, the bottom of the hole there is going to be a little bit stronger than you would think because they do tend to run over rocks and shit or random piece a of debris. So boat has nothing underneath there. It's thin. Yeah. yeah my, my dog used to try and swim underneath it 
<laughs> and then I would try have to go under and get him. Maybe on a catamaran. But if you're looking at something more like a sailboat or a fishing vessel or something, they are going to be a little bit because they're meant to be out to sea, but you have to get them out to sea. And sometimes the harbors and the marinas and things like that are not that deep. So they are going to be a little bit stronger than that. But again, when we really start learning about these sharks, they're not, it's not just normal shark that, you know, you would wander across in the deep blue sea. Yeah. Uh, so we get the same kind of crap with Jaws that things starts ramming the boat. People are now falling off the boat. The shark is swimming to them. Swimming. Oh my gosh, they're going to die. Ah, we can't climb up the rope. And then right before they're going to get attacked by this shark, uh, a couple of harpoons hit the shark and it stops dead where it is. And you're like... Uh, okay, that's different. And so then the first thing we see is the beautiful face of Thomas Jane. So if you're familiar with this, uh, I, I honestly am not familiar with him in like any other movie. He was in a romantic comedy uh, with Cameron Diaz a while back called The Sweetest Thing. So that's what I know him from. But he's he's a little bit attractive. He is really good looking. And I didn't think that he acted so badly that he shouldn't have other roles. But I really haven't seen him in anything else. I went through IMDb and I'm like, I know people are familiar with them, and I know that people have probably watched these movies, but I don't, I don't think there was a single one that I had seen other than that one movie. So maybe he's like a dick, and nobody wants to work with him. Probably, pretty people often are. But yeah. uh, but unlike Jaws, we have a fairly attractive cast going for Deep Blue Sea. So yes, I guess we've moved into the the time and place where you know Mrs. Kittner can't be a hundred years old and have a six year old. So yes. <laughs> um, then they just kind of jump to the meeting. So Dr. Susan McAllister has to go and talk to Samuel L. Jackson. I'm sure he has another name. He does. His name is Russell Franklin. All right. Well, I'm going to call him Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he's the head of some sort of assumed pharmaceutical research type company. And apparently he's rich as fuck. And so yeah. he gets to decide where his money goes. And, and he's like, you know what? You had a shark, a shark escape. So we're shutting down the project. And she's like, no, we're going <laughs> to cure like, Alzheimer's. Like, I, I put $200 million into this. And I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, that seems really low. It for, did seem low. Seems for low. What, all the stuff that they had. I'm like, how much do you think that submarine cost all by itself? Yeah. And you know, they haven't sent anyone out to do any kind of investigation. They have no information on it other than some random newspaper article that's like, Big ass shark attacks teenagers making out on a boat in the actual paper. Like a pharmaceutical company when it shut that shit down. Like, here, we're going to pay you a shit ton of money. Take our name out of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So she, she, Dr. Susan McAllister goes to talk to Samuel L. Jackson because they're doing research with sharks to try to come up with a cure for Alzheimer's. Apparently her parent of choice had Alzheimer's and it was terrible. Dad, I think. Um, so she convinces him. She's like, what if you could stop all of that suffering with a single pill? Wouldn't that be worth more than this? And I can prove it to you by Monday. If it's, if it's not done by Monday, then I'll shut the shit down myself kind of thing. Well, okay. So let's, pretend that Samuel L. Jackson is not because he doesn't care about people with Alzheimer's. He doesn't even know anybody that's had it before. So which is weird, because that's a very hard ratio to hit to not know anybody that had Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's fairly common. Yeah. But I mean, he should be thinking almost everybody that I know is affected by this. Think of how much fucking money I can make. You know, that's what he's thinking. Exactly. Once she, once she's like, "Hey, I can get us past this. Like, I can, I can make this happen real quick." So he's like, "All right, that sounds good." So they jump in a seaplane and they go out. Apparently, they are their research facility 
used to be some sort of naval yeah for submarines yeah yeah so it's all underwater They've, everything is up top is like a fence and some catwalks and they mentioned it for world war Two. yeah and they were on the they were on the pacific uh coast but they were only like 30 miles off the pacific coast i'm like that's not really useful yes. you need to be a little closer to hawaii for that shit but whatever okay yeah i know um, it's like a reasons and plot so <laughs> it's much more convincing if we're off the baja peninsula let's go <laughs> yes exactly uh we should be down in guadalupe or somewhere that makes sense and has sharks so yeah but anyway so we get to the research and, facility oh, i'm sorry but also <laughs> submarines are a fairly stealth um machining why would you have something you can see so easily from the sky that holds the submarines <laughs> right okay they're like what is that you gotta make it look like something else it's literally like just a big tower and some metal catwalks and a barbed wire fence over the top of a regular fence yeah samuel jackson described it as like uh, alcatraz yeah (laughs) floating asylum so yeah so we we get there and he has now come to i guess see the facility so this is like jurassic park or anything else where we've had an accident and now some big wig's gonna come and take a look at it even though he doesn't know what the fuck he's looking for because all he is is the money guy and he was in jurassic park he well i know i was like (laughs) hmm convincing this came out a few years later so yeah Yeah, if he would have just said hold on to your butts (laughs) he really should have That'd have been great. So, uh, so they get there and everybody's just giving him the evil eye, but the, the facility is clearing out because apparently all but like six people go home on the weekends. So they, and, yeah. and they're close enough that they can just hop on a party boat and, you know, run back to wherever they are. In your whole life of knowing scientists and engineers, were there ever actively dicks to the people that were funding their entire project? Like everybody on this fucking floating vessel was? I'm going to say probably not. But probably more because they were too awkward to be dicks. Yeah, I was just like, why are you being a douchebag? This guy's signing your paychecks. Like, just kiss ass. Or if not kissing ass, how about don't be a dick? Right, exactly. Just pretend. Pretend that you're here for work. Pretend that you're being paid to be here. Pretend that you like the guy like we all have to do with our dickhead bosses. Yeah. And, And actually, he wasn't that convincing that he was a dickhead at that point. No, he at was that like, point. I'm the one that signs your paycheck. And they're like, fuck off, outsider. <laughs> right. He's like, do they hate me because of this or just because I'm here? And she's like, eh, bit of both. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Like, no matter how awkward and how into my science I am, it's like the person funding it, you got to acknowledge they exist and they're the reason that you're there. Well, and also it seems to be the first time he's ever visited this facility. So... Why do they have an issue with him? I don't I don't understand it. Like he's not been there being a hard ass. He's not like I mean, I guess maybe because he threatened to shut down the shit for the lawsuit stuff, but meh, that yeah. happened like a day ago. Would there really yeah. have been I mean, how much of that would have happened at that point? I'm certain that it wouldn't have been public knowledge at that point either. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And if it was that's a bad boss going around like, hey, we might all lose our jobs, so I'm going to bring a guy here and, and, you know, try and convince him to keep us in business by being an asshole. Well, now, Dr. Susan McAllister does appear to be a bit of an asshole, so... Yeah, she's not very good. At, she's not. She doesn't have her priorities in order, that's for sure. No, she is not the best representation of the lady scientists. <laughs> lady scientists. <laughs> She did a fine job practicing on her brain ex- extraction, though. 
<laughs> yes, yes, she did. That wasn't creepy at all. I'm like, really? You need the whole shark here to do that? Okay. Okay, right. The whole fake shark? All right. That was beside the point. But yes, everybody was a dick to Samuel L. Jackson for some ungodknown reason. Yes, but the first time we really see Thomas Jane other than, and his name on this show is Carter Blake, and he's he's the shark wrangler. And the first thing we see of him in this show is that he is swimming with a mako shark just all day long. The shark is coming up for him. He's chasing him, chasing him, as you probably wouldn't because it's a mako, but whatever. Um, and then he just does some kind of weird ass underwater flip, and now he's riding the shark. It was totally... Orlando Jones as the elf in uh, Return of the King, where he jumped on the <laughs> jumped on the horse from the ground. Orlando like, did Bloom. <laughs> what, what did I call him? Orlando Jones. Yeah, that's a very different person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I would like to see that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he just he just pulls this Legolas kind of bullshit out of his ass. But I love that he's swimming along. And the shark is going, and no one else is paying attention to this at all. And Samuel L. Jackson is like, excuse me, <laughs> there's a motherfucking shark in this motherfucking tank. Like, <laughs> he's very already annoyed <laughs> right up front and like, hey, stupid, like, what is your problem? <laughs> and then, you know, he's in there and his whole, okay, so his whole reason for being in here and swimming with the Mako shark is because the shark has got a license plate jammed in its mouth, right? So he goes and he pulls this license plate off and then he like flings it at Samuel L. Jackson because reasons that they all hate him, even though they probably don't even know who he is. Uh, the license plate though, did you did you get a look at it when you were watching the movie? I saw that it was a New Orleans license. Or it was a Louisiana. Louisiana license plate, which is the same license plate that was in Jaws. When they cut open the tiger shark and they pull out a license plate, it's also a Louisiana license plate. So I think that was a, a subtle nod there. All right. I'd never noticed that before, but I was never watching them back to back either. So yeah, I didn't notice any parallels other than like, if you're making out, you'll get killed by a shark. <laughs> if you're making out, you get killed by a shark. And apparently if a shark eats a license plate, it's from Louisiana. So and it gets stuck in his tooth and he gets irritated. Well, as you do. I mean, I get that. He probably ate a car. And he's like, this is what's left. <laughs> right. A Mako would not eat a car, but a tiger shark might. But I, I actually have notes, so I'm just having to look at them. All right. Okay. So uh, so then we've got this little blonde girl, and I didn't write her name, Janice. I don't know, something like that. So uh, she is walking him around and talking him through all of the exposition that has to happen here so that we don't have to learn about it through actual story and dialogue. She's talking about the facility. She's talking about what everybody does. And then she points to our favorite D&D captive, Stellan Skarsgård. Yep. Who is now upstairs on top of the tower and he's peeing off of it. And she's talking about what a brilliant researcher he is. And Samuel L. Jackson's character has a line that says, he's pissing into the wind. How brilliant can he be? Yes. Which I love. That was awesome. I do. I loved that too. And if you're going to do a Jaws parallel, he's Quint and Hooper combined. Yes, but with more cigarettes and less actual talking and doing things. Yeah. I guess he's sciencey in this. They work in the lab together, and he seems to know about her illicit lab activities. But beyond that, he's really only in like two scenes. So Yeah, he's not in a lot of the scenes. And um, we find out later that he's like dating that uh, the young girl marine biologist. I'm like... Yep. And she is way too young for you, dude. That's creepy. Like daughter age, easy. Yeah. Ugh. Though he is quite yeah. young in this film. Or not young, yeah. but he's he is much young, younger. He, so He's never looked young in his whole career. No, he really hasn't. If you're not familiar with Stellan Skarsgård from our D&D episodes, 
<laughs> he was also in The Hunt for Red October, Mamma Mia, those kind of things. So Wait, it's also in The Avengers. He's the... Yes, yes, he uh, is. Yeah. He is... Uh, What's his name? He's the scientist what? that gets controlled by Loki at the very beginning. Yeah, he works with Jane Foster and Thor. And apparently one of his kids is it. So that's fun too. Oh, another one of his kids <laughs> is fucking hot as shit. <laughs> but not the uh, it one. It's the other one. Yeah, I think it's Alexander, I think. And he was in True Blood. Yeah, I don't know which one is which, but they're horrifying. Now, is he the one that's in Mamma Mia 2? I don't know. I haven't seen Mamma Mia 2, but he was in the Lady Gaga show, uh, one of the videos where she kills him, I think. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen that. So now we've jumped from them to the kitchen. And my favorite character in the whole show is Preacher, who is the cook or the chef or whatever they call him there. Uh, it's played by LL Cool J. And this is my favorite LL Cool J movie. I'm, I'm going to say it. So, all right. So, uh, but Preacher's got a bird. He's got a green parrot and this parrot uh, swears like a motherfucker. And he calls him fat. Yeah. Yeah. He tells him he's got a fat ass or something like that. It's hilarious. Okay. So he's got this parrot, right? So. This makes me laugh because my dad growing up had a parrot that my grandfather brought back from Venezuela or something when he used to work out away places. So he brought this parrot home, this parrot Pete, and Pete only spoke Spanish. And all the kids apparently in Venezuela or whatever this little town was, uh, taught it to speak Spanish, but only swear words. <laughs> so, so the bird would run around and swear at my grandmother and like shake its foot at her and like swear at her in Spanish and uh, then run for my aunt to hide whenever she would like chase it with a broom or some sh- I don't know. So <laughs> I said that yeah. would have been your bird. He's like, yeah, except it would have been Spanish. I was like, yeah, true. Yeah, that was funny. That bird. I love the bird. I really liked that little cool Jay in this. It was it was quite amusing to see him like trash talk the bird and then so upset later when the bird gets eaten by a shark. Spoiler. Bird gets <laughs> eaten by a shark. The bird gets eaten and everyone goes, yay. Except for him, who's now, who he hates. He kind of hates the bird ahead yeah, of time. Until, until the bird gets eaten. And then he's like, oh, it was a love-hate relationship. Yeah. My whole question is, how sanitary is it to have a bird in the kitchen while you're cooking? I'm going to go with not it that It didn't great. seem that, especially like he wasn't even in a cage. He no. was flying free. Like he was, he was like sitting over whatever he was mixing at one point and he's just looking up at him and I'm like, that bird would be shitting all over that or dropping feathers in the food. Ugh, ugh, gross. I know. I wonder if he like came from like the mainland somehow. And he wasn't really a pet. He just Showed appeared up. on the ship and then, It could you know. be. My sister lived right down on the coast here whenever we were younger. And they just had those green parrots in the trees all over the place down there. Yeah, so. they're loud. Mm, so loud. But anyway, so I really like Preacher because, you know, he's he's got – he actually has this, like, preaching thing that he does. But he's also obsessed with the cooking thing. So that's fun. Yeah. So apparently the research that they are trying to do – to start working on this Alzheimer's thing and what they're going to have to do. Apparently, they've been doing some stuff they're not supposed to do, but nobody knows that. They're like, we have bred these sharks so that their brains are now five times as big as a normal shark brain. Now, there is a misconception out there that sharks only have a brain the size of a walnut and that they're not very intelligent. That's not really all that true. They do have smaller brains than you would think of like comparatively to what ours are proportionally. But a big-ass shark is still going to have a big-ass brain. And a big-ass brain is meant for thinking and calculating and planning and doing things. That's kind of a terrifying thing. Yep. But it, it, it kind of comes out that like, if we don't get this done, 
by tomorrow, we're all out of jobs and this research is done forever. So all the bad stuff that we've been doing that nobody knows we're doing because it's illegal, then we're kind of fast track this shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, it, they said that sharks like never deteriorate uh, their synapses or somehow are better than humans. And therefore, if you use some of their sharkness in their brains and just throw it on a DNA sample of a dead cells, human cells, they would just spark up as their Come idea. back to life. Yeah. And and that has been a, a belief for a really long time, like sharks don't get cancer, things like that. They probably just get a little slow and they die. Yes, they do get old and they die. That is something that was said in Jaws that I don't think we even mentioned that shark is it true sharks can live over 3000 years? No, no, it's not. <laughs> that is not true at all. And the book that you're reading in 1975 that's telling you that is wrong. However, some sharks can live 100, 150 years. Sure, but you're right. They do. They get old. They die. They're animals. That's what happens. They're not immortal. They don't live forever. They're not an actual dinosaur <laughs> just because there were, in fact, sharks here when there were dinosaurs here as well. All right. So um, now we've gotten to the point. Okay, they have a party. I guess they have a party for the bitchy doctor. And she yeah, acts like a birthday. bitch through the whole thing. We also find out that Carter Blake is actually a uh, an ex-con for, was it smuggling? Something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Sh- shipwrecked, you know, whatever, stealing treasure or smuggling. I don't know. Yeah. You did some years in Leavenworth. He's like, well, I'm out on parole. I like the water and you guys pay me a shit ton of money to be here and, and deal with your sharks. Like, what does he think yeah. that guy is doing out there? Like, that's kind of like the best case scenario for somebody who's got a past, you know? Yeah. It's like, what is the job market out there for shark wranglers? There's not going to be that many out that are really talented. You're going to have to allow yourself to get some uh, ex-cons and you get a tax write-off. So right, exactly. It's like, and you know, what's he going to steal? A shark? A, a shark. <laughs> yeah. And then you can't, you can't steal too many sharks. Then you're out of a job. Yeah. So they've got, they've got three sharks. They've got two generation one sharks and one generation two. So they have three genetically whatever. Now they're not genetically altered. These are the experiments mental sharks, whatever they're calling them at the beginning of the movie before we find their dubious bullshit. Do they have those? But then they've got a whole other tank of other sharks, like regular sharks. That's who he was swimming with the first time. Yeah. And then they feed them to the big sharks. Yeah. They like feed the big, they'll only eat sharks. Well, maybe stop feeding them sharks. Like that seems. It was the goat in Jurassic Park. It really was. So then they do the same thing. We're like, okay, well, we've got to have somebody go down there. We've got to send the Wrangler down there to swim through these tunnels. Who's already said it only eats sharks. And they're they're hunt they're pack hunting like a velociraptor. Yep. And so they're coordinating their attacks. That's not normal. Normal sharks don't do that. And so then he's down swimming through the cage, and these two sharks attack the cage from either side, right? And he goes and pulls up some sort of underwater spear gun thing, and the sharks swim backwards and like fuck gun, and they like swim away. And they're all watching this through the monitors, like, did you see that? Sharks don't swim backwards. Sharks can't swim backwards which is true. And they're like, and he recognized that gun. Yeah, that was creepy that the the shark recognized the gun. Mm -hmm. But why would we not abort said mission? Right. Why did he go swim out in the open? That was my question. Yeah. The sharks fucking cut the security cameras. (laughs) And he's like, oh, well, hopefully he just finishes this off without a problem. I can't think of any issues. (laughs) I know. They're like, we can't communicate with him at all. So... Let's, let's just keep going. It's fine. It's fine. What could possibly go wrong? I was just like, 
The sharks cut the security cameras. <laughs> they obviously are too smart to do whatever you want to do with them. <laughs> They've <laughs> learned how to open doors, for Christ's sake. So it's it's fucking Jurassic Park <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we get that same shot, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. But now he's wrangled a shark. And he's got it up on a lift, and he brings it up into the wet lab at the very bottom of the research facility. And this is just like Jaws 3. Remember Jaws 3? They were down in the the underwater facility, like NASA, where you had the big open window and they could see everything swimming by. You know that's a terrible idea. Why does anybody build that into an underground facility? It's a terrible idea. Yeah, especially since most of the time it would be too dark to see anything. Yeah, and Dr. Lady Scientist decides that she is going to now extract some sort of proteins out of this shark's brain, put them on those dead cells you were talking about, and lightning in a bottle and see they're going to come back to life because that's how it works. It's not how it works, but okay. I don't think that's how any of this works. Um, Let's just take some completely dead brain cells, drop something on there, and then they just start working. It's like you just made zombie brain cells. Yes, zombie brain cells. This is not a good idea. It's a terrible idea. And now the zombies know how to cut security cams, so there's that too. Well, so what am I going to do? I'm going to go inject super shark brain cells into Grandpa. Grandpa's going to turn into a fucking zombie, and that's how you get World War Z. Yep. Right there. It's exactly it. See? See? They th- they're so concerned of whether they can do it, they don't think about whether they should do it. <laughs> they have ripped off Jaws, Jaws and Jurassic Park and made this movie out of it. So so they're in here. They drop the cells on there. Boom, boom, boom. Now they work. Oh my gosh, we're so excited. Yay! And this is when we find out that that girl, the marine biologist girl, is is dating Stellan Skarsgård because she just kisses him. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, she like shoves her tongue down his throat. And it's like, ugh, that's that's not nice. That's your older co-worker. (laughs) That's not appropriate. That's that's sexual harassment right there, ma'am. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, And remember, he tries to light up a cigarette and she like... Tives him the no, like, what the fuck? We're doing research here. We've got a got a big needle in this shark's brain. Like, this is a this is a clean room. What are you doing? And uh, so now they're excited and everybody's doing their thing. And he just cannot not have that unfiltered camel right then yep. in an underground facility half a mile below the surface. Yes. And what happens? See? It's, he, yeah, so he lights up. And the shark wakes up because apparently it's been a while since his last cigarette and he really, really needs one. So he goes and he bites his arm off to get the cigarette, as you do when someone's flashing a cigarette in front of you and you haven't had one in a while. That shark is like the shark equivalent of the asshole whenever you're smoking outside that comes up to tell you about that you should quit to save your life. And you're like, thank you, motherfucker. I had no idea this was bad for me. Um, That's my least favorite thing ever. And it's always an ex-smoker. You ever notice that? Yeah. It's never just Jan off the street. It's goddamn Karen who had to quit because her boss said that they were going to be a no-smoking workplace and she'd lose her job. So now she's mad and she's going to make everybody else feel 10 times worse about it. (laughs) So so luckily, she has not chopped off anybody's arm with her mouth. Yet. You know, that's what happens with withdrawals, man. Just leave them alone. It's true. Just leave them alone. What We know. We're outside. We're already outside. We're already outside in the rain. I got this. This is clearly not ideal. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I had a guy pull up one time. I was 
smoking outside at the time. And, uh, you know, off in the actual section where they have the designated ashtray thing. And I'm standing there doing my thing. I'm not bothering anybody. And this guy drives his car up and rolls the window down. And I'm like, ugh, I can already see it coming. He's like, hey, you know, that's really bad for you. And I was like, is it? Oh, my God, I had no idea. Thank you. You're the first person to tell me that. <laughs> he looks at me for two seconds. He's like, you got a lighter? I was like, you're a dick. <laughs> like, fucking smokers. Yep. So, anyway. Oh, my God. So, uh, so okay. So, now Stellan Skarsgård has lost his arm and everybody else is losing their mind because now he's bleeding out. They, you know, uh, Thomas Jane runs and gets the gun. He's going to kill the shark because motherfucker just ripped somebody's arm off like oh i don't know what was that movie oh jurassic park a little bit like that yeah. under sedation right <laughs> it's completely dead completely sedated uh he's gonna do this and dr lady scientist decides no we've spent way too much time and money and someone who's already dead might get better zombies <laughs> so she goes and hits the emergency release button and releases the shark back into the wild well, that's not a terrible idea the comparative wild below the facility but yeah there is also a hurricane full-on going and they're like (laughs) you know they they do a tourniquet you know Stellan scars guard is not going hey i'm gonna get my arm back no no they're like they call in a helicopter and clearly they're only 10 minutes from shore because helicopter really fast during a hurricane now i was always told if you hunker down during a hurricane you don't get emergency help no, they tell you, yeah. you shouldn't be here. Yeah. That's, that's not our problem. We're not risking our people to save you. So they send out the emergency hurricane, you know, guard to come out and take him. And they are, it can't land. So they are having to, uh, in a hurricane, strap a stretcher to a pulley so that they can pull him up uh, in a reverse hunt for red october kind of fashion and uh nobody thinks this is going to be a terrible idea i mean first of all he's two inches from a fence yeah that's that's not a good that's not clearance like that's not a good plan so anyway you know they try to pull him up all the people run inside now we've still got the poor lady who's up in the tower calling for help and she's watching the hurricane and uh i i liked her she was been cool i I really would have liked her to be more in the movie but at this point the the stretcher gets caught or a shark grabs yeah, it. I don't so, really remember. I mean, the, the pulley couldn't handle the wind and the weight. Right. And so it dropped uh, Stellan Skarsgård like a rock. Into the shark tank. Yeah. And the shark's like, this is fishing. And he just got it and was pulling the helicopter like he was on a fishing line. And it was awesome. And I was like, this is everything that you could possibly want. <laughs> no, it's not just a shark pulling a boat. It's a shark pulling a fucking helicopter out of the sky. As the bait. <laughs> so, so yes, so the shark pulls the thing. The helicopter slams into the thing. Everything up topside is now exploding, sinking. Yeah. Yeah, so we assume that Stellan Skarsgård is dead. Lady in the Tower, obviously dead, unless she is fireproof. Mm, pretty sure she's dead. But so the 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 awesome thing here that happens now, they still don't know what's happened because they've gone back down to the wet lab. Now, why they needed to go all the way down to the wet lab, I don't know. I don't know yeah. why they went all the way back down to the third level. Doesn't seem to make sense or be necessary. But they did. And they're, they're now standing in front of the large picture window into the shark lagoon, as you do in these movies. And they start seeing the stretcher. Yeah. And the stretcher is in the mouth of an 8,000-pound mako shark. 
Yes, and Stellan Skarsgård <laughs> is still, still alive because he has an oxygen tank. He has an oxygen mask, like one you wear in the emergency room, not like a scuba gear. That shit isn't watertight. What the fuck? But he's wearing that. So he's his eyes are wide open. He's still blinking. He's still like screaming into the void. And the shark swims him to the glass and flings him into it. Yep. <laughs> like it's just like- throws him into it. And of course, we get the first crack. And then the crazing of the glass. And then boom. And I have to say, I always think these rooms fill up way slower than they probably would in real life. Yeah, probably. Did you also feel that it took an excessive amount of time for the cracking and everybody yes. just staring and just at it? just standing there. It's like, what are you, a deer? Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> I noticed, and if you go back and say, I'd never noticed this before because I wasn't looking for anything. As they are attempting to run up the stairs, there is a shorts-clad, hairy male leg in the camera. At the top of the <laughs> stairs. It is clearly a camera operator and or the director just <laughs> standing there. Because I'm like, literally everyone who's in this facility is on screen down there. Like, whose leg is that? Yeah, Because <laughs> the staff list, like the cast list, when you go through it in the credits, it's I, I like didn't... seven people long. Yeah, it is so, yeah. There's so. nobody. They had a girl one and girl two. I don't know where the fuck they were. They were but... on the boat. Oh, they, they were the, the They were the kissers on the boat. So. Yeah. And so there was seven people on the fucking cast <laughs> list. Uh-huh. So there were seven named characters. Yep. Uh, so we also have um, Michael Rappaport, if you're familiar with him at all, as playing Tom Scoggins. So he's like the structural engineer. And he's he's like very good. He's very smart. He's he's a yeah. good guy. I like him. I like him. He's a good character actor. I went back and looked through his I IMDb. I knew he was dead, though, the second I saw him. Yeah. It's like, like oh, you know yeah, who he is. He's in everything. But you go look, and you're like, huh. Like, nothing stands out to me except he actually played uh, Melissa McCarthy's brother in The Heat with Sandra Bullock. Like, that's where I recognized him from. Yeah. Like, but he's I've been in a ton from of a shit. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He's the guy that played the thing. Yeah. He's the guy that played that thing in a probably a cop movie or possibly in The Mob. Always. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Always cops. Uh, sometimes dirty cops. Sometimes good cops. But yeah. Always uh, Irish like- cops. Yeah, but I like him. Oh, yeah, so racist. Um, <laughs> he's probably like, thank God I didn't have to play a racist guy this time. <laughs> I know. He's like, now I'm just the nerdy guy who's like, I'm just going to sit here and wait. And then he's like, what is the structural capacity of this? How much water can get in before we all die? He's like, just starts de- like doing engineering stuff. Yeah. And he's <laughs> give or take a centimeter. Like, oh, my God. And then he's like, oh, fuck, no, I'm not staying here. I got to go. So when I watch a show like this, I think of who's going to die first and like in what order. I was surprised every single time, except for, for him. I knew he was going to die. Yeah. So he dies. Pretty much everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they did a good job of killing off the cast. So, yeah, okay, so at this point, Preacher, we cut back to him, he's alone. It's him and the bird, right? So now the sharks have somehow forced their way into the facility. Now, these are 8,000-pound mako sharks. They are not your normal mako sharks, which are already pretty big. These are big-ass sharks. This this shark should be the size of, like, a VW minibus at minimum, right? Yeah. But they're just swimming under the water, through these half-flooded hallways. I'm like, how big are these fucking hallways that this it's only four feet of water? How is a shark? Completely unseen most of the time. 
Well, if there's only if if LL Cool J is the last guy in the in that floor, you know they have some room without running into somebody. Yeah, but not that much. It's not. It's an underwater facility. It's not. And how do you not make all this noise as you're just flapping your tail around and stuff? They're think. not like completely smooth. I mean, they have to flip a little bit to move. They do. They in fact swim, so they do make some noise and they make some current, especially when you're five times the size you ought to be. So now he's, you know, he's running around with this bird and the shark, he's realized the shark is in the building. The shark, the call is coming from inside the building. So now he goes back into the kitchen, of which the doors apparently do not close and they wouldn't keep a shark out anyway. And he he hides behind the wall and grabs a frying pan. And I'm watching him with his frying pan. Like this is this is your this is your big idea on how to protect yourself from the shark. It wasn't even cast iron. No, it was like a like a you know what do we call them the nonstick pan, the little shitty pans you get like Target. Yeah, yeah. So oh, my dad was laughing at this. He's like. Because he he does a lot of sailing and has spent a lot of time on boats. And he's like, okay, so let me get this straight. We're in the galley and he's climbing a shelf underwater. It's like on a boat or whatever. You know, it's moving. It's not even secured to anything. It's just (laughs) like a freestanding shelf they bought it Tuesday morning and stuck it in the middle of this kitchen because they didn't have enough built-ins. There's not going to be a, lo- a lot of drastic turns in that facility, so no, maybe that was it's... the idea. But yes, you'd think you would bolt it into the ground. <laughs> you, would, you would probably bolt it to the ground and maybe even to the ceiling if it's something like that. So he's climbing this thing. The bird flies at him and he's like sitting on a pot that's floating on top of the water. And of course, you know, he's trying to get the bird. I don't know why. Leave the bird. He's an asshole. I know. Like the bird can fly to you. Don't try and reach for it. <laughs> Right, he tries to reach for it because, you know, leaning towards the water when there's sharks in it is always desirable. And uh, so then, of course, the shark jumps up and eats the bird. That was just kind of a dick move because, you know, yeah. it did not satisfy any kind of hunger for the shark. Oh, no, he, was he just ate like, like 12 people. He's not yeah. interested in hunger. He's like, you like this bird? I'm going to eat it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. these sharks were kind of a dick okay <laughs> yeah but so uh so so preacher now is stuck in a true jurassic park kitchen raptor situation and he has had to climb into the oven this is awesome you know the shark did this on purpose oh yeah so the shark rams its nose directly into the turn oven on button he turns the fucking gas <laughs> oven on while ll cool j's in it <laughs> but he has at least dropped the frying pan and picked up an axe at this point so now he is chopping at the because it's a double oven thank god yes. you know they spared they sprung for the but two ovens you don't think you're gonna have any sparks ll cool j is not a small man how big is this oven oh it's a big kitchen still i have never seen an oven that i could physically crawl into in a commercial kitchen like that i mean maybe if it was like a bakery or a pizza oven but i don't yeah maybe but i don't think they get that much bigger i think they just get more of them but but he yeah exactly but he he cuts a hole that's about two foot by two foot maybe in the in the floor above him again it's a metal oven and an axe and now there's gas there would totally be a spark somewhere yeah but anyway, but, so no sparks, physics don't apply. So he now climbs into the top oven, somehow blows out of that, I don't know, gets away from the shark. I, I don't It was... Yeah, but it was cool. He did survive. He did. And then he, he blew up the fucking shark. Yes. 
Later. That was later. the greatest. Not yet. Oh, no, this one oh, he oh, does. I don't yeah, think he yeah. kills it, though. Did he kill it? Oh, he died. I don't know if he kills it. There was like a, um, yeah, he, he, that was the one of the three killings of the shark. Mm, okay, maybe. Yeah. I don't really remember that part. I honestly don't remember. The only one I remember fully dying before the one at the very end is when she electrocutes it in a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, that was awesome, too. So we got gas and fire. Yep. And electricity. Boom. Yep. You know. Oh, by the way, they felt that explosion and it was and it caused all kinds of other structural problems and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yes, because this yeah. is when they go down to the sub. They've decided they're going to take they have a little mini sub and they're going to take it two at a time from the bottom of the facility all the way up to the top side, which I don't know where they think they're going to go on the top side because it's all on fire. But this is the plan. So they get down to this facility and there's, you know, a hole in the floor, which is where the sub comes in and out. How this is you know, feet of physics works. I don't fully understand. Oh, that ha- that's how they do it in those things. Yeah, it's as long as there's a solid air pocket, then they yeah, can... Yeah, they, they got yeah. something going on. So they yeah. get down there, and after this explosion, now the sub is wrecked, right? So they're standing it's, around. Well, I, think the, I think the sharks did it. I don't Probably. think it was the explosion. I think they just pushed it right back in, I know, up they're into like, the thing. This shouldn't have happened. There shouldn't have been anything here. What's wrong with this? And he couldn't quite figure it out. And so Samuel L. Jackson, apparently they've, they've alluded through it throughout the movie that he has had some sort of accident in the past on mm-hmm. the Alps. Yeah, I actually thought this was a sequel to something and I didn't know this I know, was like, the original. What is this? What's happening? So it's basically they had a situation where he and like – Six other friends went for some sort of extreme sporting kind of thing, got in like involved in an avalanche on a mountain. Seven went in, five came out, and they said they're never going to talk about where the other two went. Yes. Or, well, oh, yeah, he said something like seven survived. Right. And then five walked out kind of thing. Okay. Can I talk about the next part? <laughs> Is he going to talk about his monologue? Yes. Okay. It was so absolutely motivating because, you know, they started squabbling amongst themselves, just like you do um, in every single one of these movies, because nobody can get along. And they're fighting. And he does this monologue. And by the way, he's looking kind of handsome with the gray in his beard, you yeah, know, like on his the, temples. My dad's like, was, where's his eye patch? I'm like, it's not Nick Fury. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't really have one. <laughs> really wear one. He's like, I don't yeah. think he needs it anymore. I'm like, mm. But this was like the time when he's lost some of that Jurassic Park weight and he's kind of looking pretty slim. He's looking kind of good for an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. And then he's giving this motivational speech, you know, and he, de- he does a good job at that type of stuff. Let's let's wait. Wait, l- let's play the speech for our audience real quick. Yes. Okay. I'm opening this door and I'm climbing out of here. The hell you are. Hey, I don't work for you anymore, okay? I don't have to keep your orders. That's enough now from all of you. You think water's fast? You should see ice. It moves like it has a mind. Like it knows it killed the world once. It got a taste for murder. When the avalanche came, it took us a week to climb out. And somewhere, we lost hope. Now, I don't know exactly when we turned on each other. I just know that seven of us survived the slide. And only five made it out. Now, we took an oath that I'm breaking now. Swore that we say it was the snow that killed the other two. But it wasn't. Nature can be lethal, but it doesn't hold a candle to man. 
Now you've seen how bad things can get, and how quick they can get that way. Well, they can get a whole lot worse. So we're not going to fight anymore! We're going to pull together, and we're going to find a way to get out of here! First, we're going to seal off this... All right, that was great. So, now tell what happens next. Well, if you couldn't hear it from the clip, (laughs) he fucking got eaten by a shark and hopped out of the submarine hole. It was amazing. That is my favorite part of the whole movie. Right there. Okay. I know. All right. So, let me tell you how things work in my household. My husband's a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. So, generally, when we're podcasting, because it uses a lot of bandwidth, we make the other person stay completely offline while we do it so that we don't get any digitization or something with the the voice. So we always have to make plans on things to do uh, that are offline while the other one's podcasting. And this morning I'd planned to watch Deep Blue Sea, so I downloaded it to my iPad and I'm watching it. Now also generally, when when you're podcasting, the rest of the household shuts the hell up. Right. (laughs) And so I'm watching this. Samuel L. Jackson does his monologue and he gets eaten. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> You're like, sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if he heard that. <laughs> he heard. <laughs> All right. Well, that was it. That was, it. he said he didn't hear it. So I'm fine. But like, and then I said, I just screamed out, oh my God. He goes, oh, was it when Samuel L. Jackson got eaten? And yes. I said, yes. So, so the first, again, this is when it goes from that first time you've seen it, it being the shock. So you're not used to the jump scare, right? But on subsequent viewings, you know it's coming and you wait and then it happens. And then it's not just that he got eaten. It's the look on everyone else's face <laughs> when he gets eaten <laughs> and you just bust out laughing. And then if you're watching it with a first timer, they look at you like you're a total psychopath. I know. I just, had no idea. I mean, I I think I knew why he died. I'd heard that, but I didn't realize he died so spectacularly mm. and so early. You just don't expect it, and then everyone else is just completely mortified. I I could not believe it, and it's like he was the star of the movie. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, like, what? He's the only one we've ever heard of. <laughs> this is like Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. what the fuck? You can't get rid of the main character. Don't get attached. <laughs> so then uh, Carter finally convinces everybody, we need to get the fuck out of here. And the only way we're going to be able to do it is if we climb the stairs. That's the only thing we're going to be able to do. Which, of course, is a giant clusterfuck because the sharks have learned how to ram doors and open shit and flood hallways. So they make even, this. They even make this thing. They're trying there is to- an air pressure differential that should a hundred percent prevent them from doing so. So they they end up. I don't know. Going through this thing and a shark's trying to get him and the blonde haired girl gets eaten. Oh, yeah. She just in her vagina. That shark oh, just yeah. totally chomps right on her. And you totally thought maybe she could be saved. I mean, he'll be thing. And then <laughs> and just then he lifting pl- her up. Mm. And he was like, no, he's just fucking with you. He's just like, look what I got. I'm <laughs> taking it back <laughs> down. Because <laughs> she's screaming. Dick. <laughs> she's screaming the whole time. You know what I, I liked? So they kept having the airlock issue and they always kept trying to shut the door while 
the water was coming through. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to be able to. You got to wait until the water water goes above it. Stop using your energy. Wait till the water goes above the door. Then you can shut it. Right. It's like, that's not how physics works. That's not how any of this works. That's a very common thing. And I know that they trained you on that, but whatever. Okay. I know. It's like, you you should know the safety precautions and procedures for getting out of this place. It is a floating death trap. Right. So anyway, they finally, they they find, they're, oh, we're all going to die. We can't get this. And, and they hear this stuff happening on the door above them. So now they think it's the other shark and they're all going to die. But it's not. It's Preacher. When Preacher popped in there, I was like, yay, Preacher. I know. So now he's not alone. Poor guy's been alone the whole time. You think he's just going to die because, well, he's a black guy in a horror movie. And that's just. Yeah. Oh, and he they... even said that. He's like, man. And he's like, brothers never make it out of this. <laughs> It was like, well, yeah, I I had you down for number one, dude. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. So they, they get together and they, I guess the first crew cabin they come across because they're trying to find like, you know, flashlights or whatever it is they need to try to get out of there. And so they go into the the dead blonde girl's room and, <laughs> and Scott goes, hey, she's a, she's a healthy young woman. Where would you keep your... <laughs> trying to find batteries so he's trying to find her vibrator i was like you know maybe on your offshore excursion you wouldn't bring it but okay i think you probably would if you lived if you lived there but she had still in scars card well he's also really old so you know yeah he was very old he was very old i mean it was more comparatively old because now he's really old but then he was eh, pretty old but I love this next part, too, because they split up, as you do, because it's always the smart thing to split up. And uh, Scoggs and uh, Carter are going to try to go turn something on and do something. I don't know. Equalize the blah, blah. Who knows? Yeah, they can they can train a, a stairwell using one of the yeah. builds. And apparently, Dr. Lady Scientist needs to go to her quarters to get this super important research. They're like, I think you need to get your priorities straight. All these people are dying. She's like, well, if I don't get this research, everybody's died for nothing. We're like, mm-hmm, I believe you. Yeah, you can't just take somebody's research and go, yep, looks good. Let's just go make a pill. <laughs> you know what? You gotta this, recreate it anyway. This anyways. giant <laughs> zip file is, a, did you notice it was from an actual zip drive? Like the big I ass, know. that was awesome. The biggest like, fucking zip drive. like, oh, 1999, yeah. how I've missed you and your gigantic floppy technology. <laughs> yeah. So she takes off, but so she leaves Preacher alone again. He's now alone and he's found a video camera. Right. So he flips it on. He's all serious. He's like, if you found this, it means that I didn't make it. And this video is my legacy. I've been a a husband, a father, a preacher, a sinner, like all this kind of stuff. He's real serious doing this. He's like, and I want you to know this is what I'm leaving behind. Let's talk about how to make the perfect omelet. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I just died. It was, yeah, I know. I really liked it because they did bring a lot. He brought a lot of levity into it. And mm-hmm. I think that it would actually really give some comfort to somebody actually. Just going I think so. Like, yeah. You know, he's been thinking about his life and this is what was important to him. And so like, I will honor your omelet legacy. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So we go back. Yeah, let's see. Scoggs gets eaten in half, like ripped in shreds. Yes, it so was very was... sad, but I he saw was that clearly coming. on the list. Yeah, it was going to happen. I wrote down here, I was like, for these thinking slash planning sharks that they keep talking about, they really are playing them as mindless monsters. Yeah. Oh, person, eat. <laughs> so, okay. And now <laughs> yeah. we've we've switched back to Dr. Lady Scientist in her quarters. She's found her floppy disk and she gets attacked by a shark, but it's actually just a shark model. But then she realizes, no, no, there's an actual shark in here. 
Yes, and this one can swim. This one can <laughs> swim. And the only right, the only thing she can do now is uh she she's going to pull an electric like an electrical conduit out of the wall with, with her bare hands, by the way, which sounds like a terrible idea when you're wet. In a in an underwater facility. When you're wet and you have to then get onto the water at some point because where are you going to go? You're on a table. So she she's smart enough to realize, hey, if I do this, I'm probably going to get electrocuted. So I'm going to take off my wetsuit, which is rubber, and I'm going to stand on it so that I'm grounded. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy that part. Why is she wearing sexy bra and panties under it? I know. Like, don't you normally put the, your wetsuit over your clothes? But the, I could be wrong because when I went and I, I actually think it's usually a over on, a bathing suit. But yeah, but she was doing science work. You wouldn't have your bathing suit on you when you did that. She wasn't. Would you really strip down to your bra and panties? I mean, and you're in an underwater facility. Why are you Honestly, wearing a thong? Her broad panties would have come off with that wetsuit based Mine on how skin tight they would. They do not stay to you. They just come right off because. And they were dry. My- I'm like, Mm-mm, no. Yeah, that's not how it works. So. Mm-hmm. No. So <laughs> now she's standing basically naked because yep. men wrote it. <laughs> and she's got the, the thing in her hands and she throws it at the shark. Because I was watching. I was like, if she holds that, she would totally have gotten fried too. But no, she throws yeah. it. So now we're supposed to believe that this is how it works. But at what point do you know that the electrical charge has left the water? I mean, I get the shark's dead. But if you step down into it, you could probably still get a pretty good zap. Yeah. And and I would think that it would actually short out before it gave the... Uh, yeah, like nothing happened before- to the electrical anywhere. She, yeah. uh, she ripped the conduit out of the ceiling and nothing happened. Like the lights were still on, nothing flickered. Like it was just like, what is happening? Yeah, and how do you know that code, your crewmates no. are not standing out in the hall in the water chest deep? It would have electrocuted yeah. anyone in the water. She just left Preacher from the room next door uh-huh. in the and I'm like, man, that's good. that's an asshole thing. All right. Man, all she cared about was her fucking work. At least she Which fried she it. Which she fried. Later. That was awesome. Like, ha ha. Part of me completely agrees with her. Like, oh my God, you know, we need to cure Alzheimer's. But it's like, at the same time, like, yeah, you're not going to get that shit past the FDA if everybody keeps having to die every time you test it. Well, and they, she flat out had to admit that, mm, guess what? We actually have been... Genetically yep. engineering these sharks, which is against the Geneva Convention and the policies of everything. Yeah, I don't think it's the Geneva Convention, but it's another convention of some sort. So anyways, then, oh, say so, so Skog's got eaten. Preacher and Carter have now met back up outside her room, and they're staring at each other because she's put the wetsuit back on, but she still has it, like, zipped all the way open to her vagina. Like, you can still see everything. It's I don't even know why she bothered to put it back on at this point. It's not helping with the I uh, assumed, honestly, I just assumed that she was going to come back out with it completely off. Probably. I would have. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, oh, wait, yeah. let me stretch this thing back on that didn't want to come on no the first way. time. There is no way. If she's in her own thing, she'd either grab something of hers, mm-hmm. and she wore a lot of baggy stuff, so it'd be easy to throw it on, mm-hmm. or... Just come out completely naked. Well, they put or, the wetsuits on to supposedly help with hypothermia. That was how that was Samuel L. Jackson's last piece of advice before he got chomped. Yeah, but he, at least he got chomped nice and warm. Well, he did. He was very warm. And so, so they're sitting here staring at each other like they're going to have this moment. And Preacher says, I hate to interrupt this moment of burgeoning intimacy, but can we get the fuck out of here? <laughs> like, 
I was like, you know what? He says what everyone in a horror movie is thinking. Like, get out. What are you doing? You can fuck later. Like, let's go. I think that he's actually like the star of the show. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I I consider this much more of an LL Cool J movie than anything else because I don't know these people from anything. And Stellan Skarsgård got killed five minutes in, so... All right, so uh, we find a way. They're going to go up through this tunnel. They have to flood the tunnel. They're going to use the uh, fire extinguishers and life jackets to draw the sharks away from them because that's going to work in real life. Like, oh, wait, these are thinking, planning sharks. Uh, I think they could see past that to the actual kicking, flailing human that's moving at a much slower pace. What? What this plan actually was is... There's one shark. There's three of us. <laughs> right. The slowest person is going to get eaten. But let's pretend we have an alternate plan. Exactly. You're like, well, one in three chance. Let's go. So, oh, wait. Then Preacher does get attacked. They drag him around like that rag Yeah, so Preacher Jaws. was the slowest. He got, I mean, I assumed he was dead. Yeah, everyone did. Yeah. But they end up pulling him out of the water. He's not quite dead yet, but he's he's not happy. If he, if he doesn't lose a leg, he's going to have a cane. Yeah. So now they've got this this plan where Carter is going to shoot the shark with a torpedo gun. It's just laying about the surface as you do. Uh, but Back he's going to hook dynamite. it to a car battery, which is mm-hmm. also laying about at the surface for reasons and story. But you can't do both. Like he can't hook it to the thing and then shoot it because he'll electrocute himself because he's made a pipe bomb out of the torpedo or the little, uh, yeah. what do you call it, spear gun. As soon as electricity hits it, it will explode. It will explode, because again, reasons. And so he's he's got her, like she's supposed to hook it to the car battery, because Preacher's laying over there half dead, eyes closed, all this. And so now they've realized, oh shit, all the fences below the waterline. Now, wait, the, uh, we forgot to mention this at the beginning. He realizes that the way that the, the shark got out was that it jumped the fence at the yes. beginning. When the shark got out and went to attack the making out horny teenagers... It's because it must have jumped the fence. That's the only way it could have gotten out because the fence below ground is titanium. They can't get through it. Above ground, it's just fucking chain link because we thought this out well. (laughs) And it's like an eight foot chain link fence. The jumping shark was also found when it jumped out of the little hole and grabbed Samuel L. Jackson. Right. I like it just jumps out, fins out, walks over, grabs him, walks back, goes in. It's like, (laughs) that's not okay. So, but yeah, so now this is the plan. They're going to shoot the shark with the spear gun, connect it to the car battery and blow its ass because the sharks now realize that the facility is sinking because sharks understand physics better than humans do. And so it's waiting for it to get low enough that he can just swim out to sea. And we don't want that because it'll eat everybody because that's what we've now trained it to do. Although it only eats sharks. Why is it eating all these people? I don't understand. So he goes through this plan, but uh, what happened? Why is it not working? He was too far away, which I thought was a bullshit answer. It is bullshit. Why does she jump? I'm trying to figure out why she decides to cut her hand. Why does everybody cut right through the tendons of their hand? Is there not a better fleshy place? There's other places for you to bleed that would be fine, but whatever. Cut through the tendons of your hands because you never need to use them again. Then jump in the water. uh, like an idiot. But yeah, so she wanted to get the, the, the shark to turn around and come to her so that it would be closer to him. Right. But now nobody's there to connect the battery. I know. She didn't think about that. Like, Mm-mm. so what, you wanted him to shoot it and then run across the whole length of the thing? Yeah. Uh, Preacher is sitting there bleeding out on the deck. Right. <laughs> 
So she goes in after it. He is now somehow riding the shark because I guess he dove in trying to save her. She gets eaten in half. Then he realizes since he dove in, he can't get back out. And now he has to do the swim, 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 flip underwater. Now he's riding the shark. So then Preacher gets up and I'm going to, I'm going to put his, uh, I'm going to put his audio in here too, if I can find it, because he gives this awesome, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what the fuck. <laughs> And then, so then he shoots the shark, but of course he shoots it through the shark's dorsal fin and straight through Carter's leg, now piercing him to the shark. And he's like, do it, do it, blow it, blow it. So he blows the thing up. He manages to get off right at the last second and boom, shark chunks. Yeah. So they could have easily just killed the dude right then. Yeah. And it would have been just, just, uh. Preacher. Yeah. And it would it have out. been a Preacher and his faith in God that saved him. But <laughs> I like the last question he asked him whether, well, you know, the party, the party ship is back because apparently the it's whole Monday weekend morning. passed yeah. in yeah. less than a day. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were only downstairs for like 20 minutes. I'm not really sure how the whole weekend passed, but whatever. And so the, but they've got their legs like floating in the water off the catwalk because it's still sinking. And a preacher goes, you're sure there were only three sharks, right? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. He's like, are you really sure? <laughs> he like slowly pulls his legs out of the water. And I'm like, okay, yeah, there were three of the monster sharks, but they had a whole lagoon full of regular sharks. So they're not concerned yeah. about that with all the blood and chum everywhere. And you're, yeah, you're bleeding like a motherfucker, and there's and you're surrounded by uh, chum. Uh huh. So, yeah. So and scene. It was awesome. It was awesome. I am so I glad you made movie. me watch this movie. <laughs> I love it. It's it is a nice suspenseful movie when you've never seen it before. It is a ridiculous pile of what the hell is happening when you have, but it's still enjoyable and it's still better than a lot of movies out there so yeah yeah i liked it better than anaconda because i was assuming it'd be like anaconda <laughs> oh anaconda is so bad we should cover that at one point because it's just terrible that's when all of the rappers needed to get their own monster movie oh, let's talk about now ella cool j didn't write it but he performed a beautiful rap in the closing <laughs> credits yes which and my dad picked apart while we were listening to it oh i did too <laughs> Because first, the first half, he is doing it as Preacher. Mm -hmm. And the second half, he's doing it as the shark. <laughs> he didn't even make it to the shark. He said something about 40,000 leagues down. My dad's like, that's like 30 feet right there. That's six miles. That's not the same thing. And that's a cross. That's not like... <laughs> like okay no. he's talking about the movie just chill out like just he's just yeah. referencing the name of this went on for like 10 minutes and i'm like never mind i can't even yeah. listen to it so it, the um my favorite line was this was the line that i guess was in the shark's head <laughs> and it said your life jacket's off and that turns me on <laughs> <laughs> i was like why have i not heard this song before i don't know but now i i really need to hear it so that's awesome so yes this was very interesting the uh <laughs> the director of this movie was rennie harlan who apparently also directed cliffhanger die hard 2 and the long kiss goodnight and another slew of just crappy movies so yeah well uh cliffhanger very suspenseful very yes. similar feel yeah yes yes very much so also a helicopter this guy had a helicopter budget, apparently. <laughs> Die Hard I, had a helicopter too, didn't it? I I do not. I can't define Die Hard two versus uh, three. I mean, I I haven't seen three. Had Samuel L. Jackson in it. Shut up! Really? Yes. Oh my gosh! I only saw the first one. 
So let's take a quick break and listen to some promos from our friends. And then we are going to talk about the top five fun shark facts that I came up with this afternoon. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything Everything I Learned from Movies. And tonight... Tonight. Like every night, we bring you <laughs> questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you, as well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers, and as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies and uh, is he talking about BJing, Woo! Uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? Woo! My top! Hey, Heather, so have you been listening to a lot of podcasts this week? I have because I'm getting paid for them. I know. I love it. I've listened to probably 12 to 20 hours of podcasting in the last week, and it's just insane that I'm racking up the coins on PodCoin while I'm doing it. It's given me an excuse to listen to them because I'm able to either gather my coins for charity or actually gather my coins for me. Yay. So you guys should check out PodCoin too. We really love it. It's increased our listenership. We are earning coins for doing so. It's available if you are Apple or Android. Super fun. And if you want to get 300 free coins, all you have to do is use our code, which is nerdy, N-E-R-D-Y. And you can get those free coins to get you started. All right. So keep on listening. All right. So we are back and we are going to talk about the top five fun shark facts that I found today uh, from sharkfacts.org. It's a website. So you can go check these out. There are a whole bunch on there. I just picked some that I thought were fun and interesting. So I said yesterday we talked about myths about sharks. Now we're going to talk about some actual facts. So the largest shark is the whale shark and it can get up to... 33 feet long. It's huge. That's the a big smallest, shark. The smallest shark is the dwarf shark and averages four inches. Oh, well, there, I had a little aquarium shark. I think it, they called it a Baja shark. There are over 500 species of sharks and they are so vastly different from one to the next. They are not even shaped the same. They look completely different. Like only their base anatomy is the same to be able to still call them sharks. So having such a diversity, you know, again, you get people who think that, oh my God, if I get bit by a shark, I'm going to die. Well, not if it's a dwarf shark. Yeah. <laughs> then you've probably infected it with whatever dirty human genes you have. So, okay. So, uh, fun fact number two the shark that is responsible for the most shark bites is the nurse shark. And this is because many divers cannot resist the urge to pull the shark's tail. Because what? they think it looks harmless. Because the nurse shark pretty much is harmless if you leave it the fuck alone. It just lays on the bottom. It's not doing you any harm. Just leave it alone. No, no. I'm going to pull its tail. <laughs> uh, so, of course, when you pull a shark's tail, it bites you. Now, yep. you're probably not going to get hurt too terribly badly by it. I think the nurse shark has more like uh, like the little raspy teeth, like crushing grinding teeth, like a whale kind oh, of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, but but this is what I like to call the provoked attack. So you talk about shark attacks in two categories, provoked versus unprovoked. Now, provoked means you've gone and poked the fucking shark, or you've tried to feed it, or you've done something incredibly, incredibly stupid, which we will talk more about next week. <laughs> so yep. maybe don't poke the shark and it won't bite you. So just, you know, fun facts. Uh, Fun fact number three, the bull shark is, I think, the only shark, but definitely the major shark that can actually survive, swim, live in both salt and fresh water. Ah. 
Yes. This actually makes it the most dangerous shark to humans uh, based on proximity and the likelihood that you will run across one. They have found these sharks in uh, lakes. They have found these sharks up river, like as far as like Chicago, like really, really far up the Mississippi. Uh, And they're also more aggressive than most of the other species. And I've heard for years, and I just heard it dispelled, that they actually have the highest level of testosterone of any animal on the planet. And like if the bull shark's testosterone level is 900, a human's male is like... 60. So they're pretty aggressive. So you just want to stay away. They bite yeah. a lot. Uh, so stay away from the biteies. But again, we, we bump into them more often because you can come across it in a river or a, you know, a estuary or something that the, you know, at the beach, they're not huge. You know, they're like six feet, eight feet long. They're not giants like a great white that you're going to see coming like a submarine. Yeah, They're a little more stealthy. So stay away. Uh, fun fact number four, the hammerhead shark can actually see 360 degrees. Wow. I know. Isn't that cool? That is cool. And in fact, most sharks, even without the giant hammer on their forehead, can see almost as well behind them as they can in front. And that's because they got those big ass eyes, but also because when they swim, their heads go side to side. So mm, yeah, you can't see yeah, me. And, the, and there's but eyes I'm on fact the side doing that yeah. right now with my head. Ah, <laughs> unless Samuel L. Jackson stabs one at the crucifix. Not Samuel L. Jackson. LL Cool J. I'm sorry. <laughs> right in the eyeball. So. All right. And then fun fact number five, sharks have no bones, not a single bone in their entire body. Their skeletons are made out of a flexible cartilage. So I wonder if it like, you know, because like all of the parts of my body that are made out of cartilage, like my nose and my ears and stuff, Mm -hmm. they crack a lot. I wonder if like sharks are like, man, did you hear that pop? (laughs) Well, you know, because they swim like that and sharks, you know, they cannot swim backwards. But most sharks are able to bend like almost their entire body's worth to get around and out of something. Like they can just bend back backwards. And that's because they don't have a solid bone, you know, structure. They're they're bendy. Yep. But yeah, I think they're probably just like, oh, boy, do you hear the cracking? Crack, crack, I know. Because I bet. Because yeah, like, like, like your joints and stuff, the spots between them, that's all cartilage. And that's all like making the noise. And they just pop, 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 pop. They're always just like. <laughs> so any of those those were today's top five fun shark facts so awesome we'll do a little bit we're doing these in little bite-sized pieces just because it's it's easier i can talk about sharks for days but you guys will have already uh, disconnected by then so <laughs> all right well i have my the internet quote cool it's out of context but it kind of fits for this type of uh movie Mm-hmm. It's um sorry. Unfortunately, it's very small and I can't read it, so I have to <laughs> zoom in. <laughs> it's on Twitter from at Ask the Pink As or some something like that. <laughs> Sounds like a typical bro. Mm. Anyway, so he says we all have this colleague who we hope quits his job so everyone in the office is happy. If you do not know any such colleague, it's you. <laughs> Quit your job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I used to work with the trainer who would tell people, they said, you know, uh, everybody in here, raise your hands if you work with difficult people. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, you are those difficult people. So (laughs) it may have been your husband, in fact, that said that. I'm not 100% sure who it was, but (laughs) kind of one of those things. So, yeah. Okay. So um, 
We're wrapping things up. We want to remind you to go check out our partners, Frankie and Murr, if you want to get your 15% off of your amazing aromatherapy products. They've got gifts. They've got, I don't know, stuff for yourself. They've got stuff you can send to people you don't like. They've got amazing products. Our favorite is always Spray the Bitch Away, but they have so many other products out there. You just got to go check them out. You can check them out at frankieandmurr.com and use code NERDYBITCHES to get that 15% off your entire order. Yeah, very cool. Yep. And then next week, we have week three of Shark Week, and we will know a little bit more about when our guest is going to be coming on. But as for next week, your homework is to go watch The Meg with Jason Statham. So I'm looking forward to that one a lot. All right. Another one I haven't seen, so it will uh, be very exciting. You know, this movie came out about a year ago, uh, and I have seen it a billion times since then. So All right. I really enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to watching that one with you. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we will uh, see you guys next time. All right. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Pretty people often are.